Chapter Four of the Film of Fear by Arnold Fredericks. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four. Mrs. Morton returned to New York that afternoon, greatly pleased with the results of her trip. That she had been able to enlist the services of Richard Duval gave her a sense of security. She found Ruth at home, safe and well, with no further threats or warnings to disturb her peace of mind. The girl was absorbed in her new role. The picture promised to be the most successful of her career. The following morning Mrs. Morton rose early, in order to go through the mail before Ruth had an opportunity to do so. The shock caused by the first threatening letter had passed from the girl's mind. The second she knew nothing of. Mrs. Morton was determined that if any more arrived, she should not see those either. Trembling with eagerness, she opened the pile of letters, but found nothing. With a sigh of relief, she turned away. Perhaps, after all, she had exaggerated the importance of the matter. Half an hour later, while Ruth was eating her breakfast, a messenger boy arrived with a telegram addressed to Miss Ruth Morton. The maid, seeing no reason to do otherwise, brought it to the girl as she sat at the table. Mrs. Morton, who had been at the rear of the apartment, hurried in as she heard the sound of the doorbell, but by the time she had reached the dining room, Ruth had already opened and read the message. She sat staring at a bit of yellow paper, her face pale and drawn. What is it, dear? Mrs. Morton cried, hurrying to her side. Ruth picked up the telegram and handed it to her mother. Another threat, she said quietly. These people, whoever they are, seem to be in deadly earnest. Mrs. Morton took the telegram and hurriedly read it. Even the beauty of the rose, the message said, cannot endure for twenty-seven days. There was no signature to the telegram. A look of the deepest apprehension crept into Mrs. Morton's eyes, but she turned away so that Ruth might not realize her fears. "'Pay no attention to the matter, Ruth,' she said, in tones suddenly grown a trifle unsteady. "'It is certainly nothing more than a stupid joke.' "'Well, mother, of course you may be right, but for my part, I have a feeling that it isn't a joke at all, but a real and very terrible threat.' What is to prevent these people, whoever they are, from attacking me, sending me some infernal machine in the disguise of a box or package, which as soon as I open it might burn or blind or otherwise disfigure me so that my life would be ruined? She rose and glanced at herself in the mirror which hung over the mantel. Already there were deep circles of anxiety beneath her eyes, while the lines of her face, usually sweet and placid, were now those of an anxious and frightened woman. The first threat had upset her far more than her mother had realized. The one just received had intensified the effect a hundredfold. But you mustn't open any packages, my child. Be very careful about that. And Robert must not stop the car under any circumstances. In going to or from the studio. There at least I believe you are quite safe. I will have a talk with Mr. Edwards today and explain matters to him and here you cannot possibly be in any danger. Meanwhile, in spite of what you say, I beg you not to let this matter prey upon your mind. 
I cannot, will not, take it seriously. Poor Mrs. Morton, herself thoroughly frightened, strove with all her might to convince Ruth that she had nothing to fear. She knew the girl's intense, high-strung nature, and feared that constant worry, ceaseless anxiety, might readily so work upon her as to reduce her to a nervous wreck long before the expiration of the thirty days named in the first threatening letter. She found herself wishing devoutly that Duval would appear. As she finished speaking there came a ring at the doorbell, and Nora started to answer it. Mrs. Morton stopped her. Nora, she said, listen to me. You are not under any circumstances to admit anyone, no matter who it is, until I have first seen and talked with them. Do you understand? Yes, ma'am, I understand, replied the girl as she went out into the hall. A moment later Mrs. Morton, hearing a man's voice, hurried after her. Nora, with the door but slightly open, was speaking with a rough-looking fellow, a workman, apparently, who stood in the hallway outside. He was a man of thirty-five, with a reddish moustache, wearing working clothes and a cap. This he removed as Mrs. Morton came to the door. "'Is this Mrs. Morton's apartment?' he asked. "'Yes. What do you want?' Mrs. Morton's voice and manner were far from encouraging. "'There seems to be a leak in the plumbing somewhere on this floor,' the man went on. "'There's trouble with the ceilings in the apartment below. The superintendent wants me to go over the connections and see that everything is all right.' He lifted a canvas bag containing his tools from the floor and made as though to enter. Mrs. Morton, however, did not open the door any wider. You can't come in now, she said. Come back later, in an hour. My daughter is not dressed yet. She seemed ready to close the door entirely, but the man again spoke. Can't afford to wait, ma'am, he said with a significant smile. I got every apartment in this building to go over before the end of the month, and there are only twenty-seven days left. He emphasized his concluding words, at the same time looking Mrs. Morton squarely in the eye. The words, the man's look, brought sudden recognition. Mrs. Morton drew open the door. Very well, she said. Come in. She realized that the supposed workman was no other than Duval. The latter went quietly toward the kitchen at the rear of the apartment and occupied himself by examining the connections of the sink. He seemed to work slowly, unconcernedly, whistling softly to himself as he moved about. His eyes, however, were very bright and keen, and no detail of the room, the negro cook who occupied it, or the buildings in the rear, escaped his attention. Mrs. Morton came back presently and addressed him. My daughter has gone now, she said. You may look over the plumbing in the bathroom whenever you are ready. With a nod, Duval picked up his tools and followed her to the front of the apartment. As they left the kitchen, Mrs. Morton closed the door leading from it to the hall. I want you to stay here for the next hour, Sarah, she said as she left the kitchen. If anyone rings, 
I will answer the bell. A moment later she and Duval were in the library. The latter pretended to be busy inspecting the connections of the hot-water radiator. Have you received any more threats? he asked in a low voice without turning his head. Mrs. Morton took the telegram that Ruth had received a short time before and placed it in his hand. This came half an hour ago, she said without further comment. Duval read it, then thrust it into his pocket. Oh, did your daughter see it? he asked. Yes, it had been delivered to her before I could prevent it. Oh, that is too bad. Was she much upset? Yes. The thing is beginning to get on her nerves. Duval rose and placed his tools in the kit. Please take me to your daughter's bedroom, he said. Mrs. Morton led the way. The room was a fairly large one, situated in an L at the rear of the building. Of its two windows, one, as has already been pointed out, overlooked the court between the apartment building and the house next door. The other faced toward the rear. Duval placed his kit of tools upon the floor and began an examination of the room. After a quick glance about, he turned to Mrs. Morton. Where was the letter found, the one that did not come through the mail? Here. Mrs. Morton indicated a spot on the floor near the small enameled dressing table that stood against the east wall of the room. Its position was midway between the two windows. It was clear that whoever had entered the room might have done so through either of the windows. At least the position in which the dressing-table stood afforded no indication as to which one it might have been. Which of the two windows was open when you found the letter? Duval asked. Mrs. Morton indicated the one facing the court. This one she said. Not wide open, perhaps six or eight inches. The other was not fastened, I suppose? No. Ruth always keeps it raised during the night, but usually closes it while dressing. Duval went to the window and opened it. It was well balanced and moved easily. Anyone coming up by way of the fire escape could, of course, have raised the window from the outside and closed it again after leaving the room he said more to himself than to mrs morton then he got out on the fire escape and made a careful examination of its surface when was this ironwork painted he asked mrs morton through the window about ten days ago hmm. duval examined the newly painted iron surface with rather a blank expression that anyone had walked upon it since it had received its newly applied coat was, he felt, out of the question. The paint was so new, so shiny, so yielding in its fresh glossiness, that even treading as lightly as he could, the marks of his shoes were plainly visible. He leaned over and pressed the palm of his hand upon the grated iron floor. The pressure of his hand was sufficient to dull the freshly painted surface. It seemed impossible that anyone, even in bare or stockinged feet, could have been upon the fire-escape without having left tell-tale marks upon it. He re-entered the room and turned his attention to the other window. 
here the opportunities for entrance seemed even more unfavorable the window was situated on the fourth floor there was still another floor above with a window similarly located any one might of course have been lowered from this window above to the sill of the one at which he now stood and entered the room in that way he examined with care the white woodwork of the window-sill also freshly painted it showed no marks this of course was not conclusive he determined to investigate the occupants of the apartment on the top floor the wall of the brownstone dwelling-house next door which formed the east side of the narrow court was of brick covered with ivy there were no windows in it whatever apparently it had once adjoined the wall of a similar house where the apartment building now stood and when the second house had been torn down to make way for the new building the partition wall had remained as originally built without windows duval examined this house next door with a great deal of interest it was four stories high with an attic and rose to almost the same height as the fifth floor of the apartment house owing no doubt to its ceilings being somewhat higher in the sloping roof of the attic were three small dormer windows facing the court but the nearest one was perhaps twenty feet from the window of ruth's room in a horizontal direction and some eight or ten feet above it there was no way in which anyone could have passed from the attic window to that of ruth's room even supposing such a person to be an expert climber anyone lowered from this window by means of a rope would merely have found himself hanging against a bare brick wall twenty feet from the window of the girl's room duval accompanied by mrs morton made his way back to the library you feel quite certain about the cook he asked sarah mrs morton smiled what do you think you've seen her she certainly appears to be above suspicion but one can never be sure duval replied suppose you send her out on some errand i should like to search her room mrs morton left him for a few moments and presently the old colored woman passed down the hall and left the apartment then duval accompanied by mrs morton made a thorough examination of the woman's room his search disclosed nothing of interest nor was a similar search of the room of nora the maid productive of anything that could in any way connect her with the mysterious warnings there remained only the occupants of the fifth floor apartment duval requested mrs morton to summon the janitor of the building and explain to him in a guarded way that he wished to ask him certain questions the janitor proved to be a good-natured fellow who seemed extremely anxious to please mrs morton in every possible way in answer to a question from the latter he said that the apartment on the top floor was vacant and had been vacant for nearly two months the family that had occupied it he explained had moved away and had requested the management of the building to sublet it this they had not yet succeeded in doing may i go up and look it over duval asked sure you may the janitor replied and he and duval went to the elevator leaving mrs morton waiting in the library 
the apartment on the top floor had been newly done over and smelt of fresh varnish and paint the shiny floors had scarcely been walked upon since they had been refinished the air was close and warm by reason of the tightly closed windows duval proceeded at once to the room directly over ruth's bedroom to his disappointment the two windows were not only closed and fastened but so tightly stuck on account of the fresh paint that it required the combined efforts of the janitor and himself to open them that they had been opened since the painting had been done some ten days before was clearly out of the question duval made up his mind at once that however the person who had placed the mysterious message in ruth's room had effected his or her entrance it had not been by way of the apartment on the top floor somewhat disappointed he went to the floor below and thanking the janitor for his kindness rejoined mrs morton what have you discovered mr duval the latter asked eagerly nothing so far i confess the thing is somewhat of a puzzle someone must have been in ruth's room not necessarily but why not you will remember that you found the letter on the floor that would seem to me to indicate rather the opposite if any one had actually been in the room they would have been far more apt to place the message on the dressing-table that it was found upon the floor indicates to my mind that it was in some way inserted thrown perhaps through the window from without he took the letter in question from his pocket and sitting down gazed intently at the surface of the envelope presently he passed it over to mrs morton what do you make of that he said indicating with his finger a curious row of indentations extending in a semicircular line about midway of one of the longer edges of the envelope the marks were very faint but by turning the letter about in the light mrs morton at last managed to make them out what they were how they had been placed there duval could not say yet their presence indicated something of value of that he felt sure i don't understand them at all mrs morton replied returning the letter to him it looks as though someone had held the letter in a a pair of pincers the suggestion conveyed by her words interested duval greatly the same thought had been forming in his own mind he rose to his feet his eyes shining with interest why could not such a pair of pincers or forceps have been attached to a long pole such as a fishing-rod and the letter in this way pushed through the window and released by pulling on a cord attached to one of the forceps handles the thing was perfectly practical except for the fact that there seemed no place from which such a pole or rod might have been extended he gazed out of the library window across the court to the row of dormer windows in the house opposite the distance from the nearest of them to ruth's window was as he had before observed at least twenty feet horizontally or some twenty-three feet on the diagonal 
then there was the distance from the window to the dressing-table at least eight feet more to be added making necessary a rod over thirty feet long and he saw at a glance that even could a rod of this length be secured and handled the angle made by a line from the dormer window through ruth's window was such that the end of the rod or pole would strike the floor only a few feet beyond the window-sill and in no possible way could its further end be elevated sufficiently to deposit the letter in front of the dressing-table the thing was manifestly out of the question even had the window of the girl's room been wide open and mrs morton had assured him with the greatest positiveness that it had been open at the time the letter was found but a few inches he returned the letters to his pocket and rose the thing is astonishing remarkable he said to mrs morton who was regarding him intently i confess that so far i am quite in the dark i feel sure that whoever entered the room or left the message must have done so by means of the fire-escape and yet how was it possible without marks having been left upon the paint i think i shall make another and even more careful examination in the hope that some slight clues may have escaped me he once more made his way toward the girl's room followed by mrs morton the room was precisely as they had left it the window facing to the rear was wide open duval having omitted to close it after his examination of the fire-escape the window fronting on the court was raised perhaps six inches and yet to the utter amazement of them both there lay on the floor of the room near its centre a square white envelope addressed in typewriting to ruth morton duval sprang forward and seized it with an exclamation of astonishment it bore the same seal in the same black wax and upon it was the same semicircular row of indentations he tore the letter open its typewritten message was brief but significant only twenty-seven days more it read the grinning death's head seal seemed to duval's astonished eyes even more terrifying than before with a bound he reached the rear window and swung himself upon the fire-escape there was no one in sight the gray surface of the ironwork showed not the slightest scratch save those made by his own heels earlier in the day the steps of the ladder leading up to the next floor were glistening immaculate those of the one to the floor below were equally so he re-entered the room and going to the opposite window threw it wide open the three dormer windows of the adjoining house were gray dusty as though they had not been opened for years he turned to his companion with a look of amazement in all my experience mrs morton he said i do not think that i have ever encountered anything quite so astonishing that letter must have been placed there while i was in the apartment above your cook your maid are out 
certainly you did not place it there yourself and yet we know that someone has been in this room or at least delivered the letter during the past fifteen minutes had i not found it here myself i should have been almost tempted to disbelieve it but i am forced to admit its truth mrs morton stood wringing her hands it seems almost supernatural she exclaimed poor ruth what are we to do there is nothing supernatural about the matter madam duval remarked i don't doubt the explanation is simple enough could we but hit upon it but so far i confess i am unable to understand it he went over to the wall which adjoined that of the house next door and sounded it inch by inch with a small hammer he took from his bag of tools the operation required several minutes when he had completed it he tossed the hammer back into his kit in disgust brick of course he said and perfectly solid he turned toward the door what are you going to do now mrs morton asked try to find out something through this telegram and also investigate the house next door but will you come back i'm afraid i shall be at your call at all times mrs morton if anything of interest occurs notify me here he drew a card from his pocket and wrote upon it the name of his hotel say nothing to your daughter about these new threats i shall probably see you again later in the day shouldering his kit of tools duval left the apartment he was by no means satisfied with the results of his visit in fact there had apparently been no results at all End of chapter four